America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. We have increased seizures of illegal drugs. Shortages of marijuana are now being reported. A dirty war is erupted, sanctioned by the Philippines' new president. His orders to his people and his police kill them. The kek sucker be dirty. That guy's a real piece of shit. He is. But he thinks he's fighting a noble fight. A drug war is never a noble fight. When you got three million drug users in your small little island country and you said you'll kill all of them because they're incurable, you're a fucking asshole. And we shouldn't be doing any business with them. You would think a smaller country like that would be a lot easier just to stop the drugs instead of killing people. Well, that's the thing in Singapore. Singapore is in the same boat. They're able to get a handle on it much better because they have a smaller population. But, you know, the thing that helps fight a drug war is a good economy. Right. I'm not saying rich people or people that are well off don't aren't drug abusers. But when you're dead freaking broke, you're trying to make ends meet. Where's this going, man? It's going somewhere. <laughs> Welcome to the Daily Addict. It's Tim and Dave. Episode number 12. 12. And we're going to cover some interesting stories in episode number 12. So be sure to hit us up on Twitter at Daily Addict Show and leave some comments. Make sure to subscribe to get the newest episodes as they're released. And give a shout out to our uh sponsor my pottles my pottles and order your your pottles for all your marijuana transportation and storage needs just so everybody knows we're on iTunes Google Stitcher Google. everywhere man we're everywhere. everywhere you can just google us you'll find it okay i think we got that i think we covered all that um yeah, you ready to get on with the show? Or? Let's do it. Let's do it. New York Post, first story. Cocaine dealing U.S. Marine tried to become the next El Chapo. Those are small shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, El Chapo. Joaquin Guzman. Um, you have big shoes. Yes. Um, former U.S. Marine used his military training in... Mexican connections in a bid to become the next El Chapo, according to a federal indictment. Leather neck combat vet Angel Dominguez Ramirez Jr. oversaw a cocaine dealing empire employing dozens of workers and a skill for corrupting the Mexican authorities. That's a good skill. According to the U.S. Attorney General's office in San Diego. So if he's buying off all the Mexican authorities, why do you care? Right. I mean, he's he's employing people, too. Dozens of workers. Yeah, he's like the modern-day Ford. (laughs) I mean, I have a lot of opinion about companies moving their jobs to Mexico, so I'm not even going to bring that shit up. Don't bring that shit up. I already did, but too late. I'm not going to bring it up anymore. His emerging cartel had an unprecedented level of corruption within the Mexican government. Local police departments 
federal police agencies, and the military. Damn, he had them all. Politicians, cops, soldiers. Didn't Mm. matter. Look at how much cocaine they had. 1,100 pounds. That would last me a while. (laughs) That's, I wonder. 11,000 pounds. Is that is that what I said? said I think you said eleven hundred. Oh, I fucked up. Eleven thousand pounds. That's like five tons, almost six tons, five and a half tons. Damn. We should measure out how many people could do a bump off that. <laughs> I bet I could measure that. I bet you I could figure that out right now. Because if you have eleven hundred pounds, that would mean that you have. 1100 I'm bad at geography but I'm good at math times 16 ounces so you'd have 176,000 ounces you divide that by grams so you divide that by 28 grams in an ounce you have 6,285 grams 10 grams Man, it seems my math don't seem right. I think I don't think you're as good as math as you thought you were. I'm not that great <laughs> because twenty twenty eight times twenty eight times eleven thousand pounds. How many how many grams are in a pound? How many grams are in a pound? Like four hundred and forty eight. So it'd be so, four. So it'd be four forty eight times eleven thousand. That's the easiest way to do it. I did. <laughs> I did my street math. I'm sorry I did my street math. This is the legit. Thank you for the help with that equation. 4,928,000 grams of cocaine. So 5 million people could do one gram. Is a one gram like a, like, what is that? Like a bump? Is that like a line? It'd be like a line. It'd be like a line. A good size line. 5 million people could do a line. As much as they busted there, nine million dollars in profits. So not only did they have well, think about it. Eight balls, what about two and a half grams? Yeah, probably, probably. So yeah, that's five million, five million grams. Damn, that's a lot. It's like heaven. That is a lot, dude. And they could just think. All right. In our world, let's say in our world, let's say they tax that instead. They still sell it. They test it. It's pure, whatever it is. It's not bad for people. People use it for trying to get a, through a day of work or something. I don't know. Would you Would you snort cocaine if you're doing any job? I would. Like, say you're like outdoors. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Whatever job, man. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, any job can benefit from it. You think any so? Job at all. You think you'd be more productive. So the question is, whatever job you do, do you think it's more productive? You would be more productive if, if you did coke in a like, you know, in a controlled fashion. Yes. You did like a line in the morning, you did a line at lunch, you did Ooh, a, more than that. It'd have to be more yeah. than that. Like one of those, you know, you'd have one of those rings or something. No, or just or line that shit up, man. You just line it yeah. up. You wouldn't have the little spoon. No, that takes too much time. Too much time. Get a little. I'm spoon trying to be out, productive. Man. Just line them up. I'll Knock do them as needed. Boom. Dang. Think, hmm. think about it. 
Maybe companies should start looking into this. They should. Maybe they're thinking about it all wrong. Four-day work weeks and unlimited cocaine. New Zealand's got it right. They're yeah, leading. They don't got the cocaine yet. No, they don't. They're into different drugs. But anyway, back to the um, back to the story here. Um, he was a dual U.S. We're talking about the Marine who was trying to be the next El Chapo. Small shoes to fill. He used to kind of deal with El Chapo, and um, he was this guy was known as Zeta Thirty Nine. Not as catchy as El Chapo, I got to tell you. No, if they prosecute this guy or if they already they indicted him, so he's gonna. He got a forty month prison sentence. That's not that bad. No, that's definitely worth it. Forty months for all that money. Shit. Wow. Hmm. No, that was Ray. That was a different guy. That was Reyes. That was the guy who was leaking the information. Yeah. Because he was because he was outdone by he was undone by his cartel cohort. Somebody snitched on him. I was gonna say, man, forty months. That's definitely worth it. No, that's the guy that snitched on him, man. We're that's fake news. I fucked that up. <laughs> fake news. I fucked that up. Let's go back and look. The guy that snitched on him worked for him and then for you know, trading the information and wearing a wire where it says right here. Um they discovered the alleged leaker's name, Ivan Reyes Zarte, and that he was working with Dominguez who relied on Reyes for alerts on the DEA probe. Reyes got arrested in Chicago in two thousand seventeen. He had been the highest ranking member of Mexico's elite sensitive investigation unit. So he got 40 months in prison for um, being in cahoots with this guy. Um, Is he the one that snitched to? I think he was just kind of in cahoots with him. He probably he probably was the downfall of everything. But this guy brought drugs. this Ramirez Jr., he brought drugs from Peru, Venezuela, Ecuador, through the Central American into the uh, Chapas, Mexico, where they the runners packed it on boats, planes, and commercial vehicles for delivery in California and Texas. So he had a big network going, but he's going down, so who's going to take his place? So he was only doing cocaine, though, right? Yeah, he's just cocaine. Most profit, though. Probably. Yeah, he's probably, yeah. He's just doing cocaine. He wasn't doing any of the other stuff. I mean, is there is there any profit smuggling weed anymore since a lot of places are... I don't know how you would because it's everywhere. I don't right. know. The, the profit right now is like state to state. Right. So because there's illegal states all around us, you know, um, they really put the hammer down on you, but... That's the way it is. Like, um, like when Colorado first became legal recreationally, the that first few weeks or that first month, whatever it was, they ran out of weed. Everybody's buying it, and that a lot of that was people in the neighboring states coming over. So there's big demand in all the states. It's just that all the states ain't on board yet. There's still 17 out there that either have laws in going through or they're not even considering it. I just don't understand how 
alcohol is fine, but people can't smoke weed. I don't get it, man. It seems like alcohol is uh, more socially acceptable um, just because it doesn't have the stigma of being illegal yet. I wonder how people like in the 40s and like after Prohibition ended because alcohol was illegal and then after it ended, I wonder if there was like the same stigma about like there is about marijuana that you're it's somehow bad to do it still, you know, because I know there's still that try to hide it because it's not legal mentality in a lot of us because I'm, you know, I grew up in a time where your marijuana was brown, it was seedy, you know, you got a lot for a little and now it's very customized and very boutique and very um, scientific and there's no seeds. I tell the younger generation all the time, man, you're so fucking spoiled. You got legal weed, there's no seeds. It's all perfect. It's all nice. It gets you high. Feel you know. You know what you're getting. It's tested. Uh, yeah, it's tailor made. Whatever you want. I mean, if you want for anything, for anything, anxiety, depression, sleep. You just want to get high. You want to do laughs. Whatever. You want to do laughs. Do laughs. Let's go do some laughs, Dave. <laughs> Let's go do some laughs, my friends. My friends. Next show. We will talk about marijuana some more, but not right now. Because the next story is from the Detroit News. And this is talking about, have you seen that movie, The Mule? I haven't. With Clint Eastwood? No, I probably should have watched it. it. We should. I should have watched it for this episode, but mm, I don't have time to right now. But it looks good. Clint Eastwood movies kind of all follow the same um, not plot, but you know, they have the same elements, the human elements, you know, of love conquering all in the end. Oh man. But the mule was based on a true story. I didn't know if you guys really, I didn't really know that how true it was. And it was based out of a guy who got busted in Detroit. Um, it was a uh, it's a fictionalized version of the 2011 drug bust that led to an 87 year old, and this guy is just an old savage man, Leo Sharp, 87 year old. He's being handcuffed on the shoulder of eastbound Interstate 94 after Michigan State Police found three million dollars worth of cocaine hidden in the bed of his of his pickup. Um. He was prosecuted. This guy was a drug runner for El Chapo. And it's crazy. He was also a champion of growing daylilies. Wow, what a diverse... I know. What a diverse skill set. He could grow daylilies and deliver cocaine with the best of them. (laughs) Um... He used to drive it to Detroit for it so it could be dispersed, and they would meet at a warehouse. They even have the warehouse. If you go to the story on the Detroit News, they have a really nice layout on it. They show him a picture of him. He looks very disturbed at the time. He looks he's he's eighty seven. That's for sure. In that Definitely picture. not somebody you'd look at and be like, "Oh, he's running drugs." No, there's no way. Um, but the thing with him is. 
they found he had 200, when he got busted, he had 228 pounds of cocaine. And he went into the, he went in front of the judge and the judge asked him if he could read. Um, he said, I could probably read as well or better than anybody sitting in this courtroom, sir. I have an IQ. <laughs> I didn't ask that, said the judge. So can you read? I think I have the IQ to read, he said before laughing. So he was treating this kind of funny because obviously he's 87 years old at this point. Um, he got, He's kind of humored by the whole thing. He was paid about $1 million, $1.25 million to deliver 1,200 kilograms of cocaine. So that's like over a ton. That's over 2,400 pounds of cocaine. Um, He did get sentenced in 2014 on his 90th birthday. (laughs) What is the sense of imprisoning this guy? I'm not saying if you're too old, you don't can't break the law, but he's he's driving cocaine from one state to another. And uh, it ain't going to do and he and you're going to miss his lily expertise. <laughs> you're going to miss out on his. He probably planting flowers for the for the prison. The world's screwed now, man. Jeez, oh, Pete. Well, guess guess how much time he got. I don't know. Three years. I wonder if he's still alive. No, no he died. He passed away. 92. He died at 92. Yeah, I think the judge let him out two years early, too. So he actually only served a year. Oh, wow. So they take that into consideration. Oh, well. Well, it's I a true if story. If you're that old, I mean, why not? Check out the movie. We're going to check out the movie. I'll report back. I'll report back on this story again. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, he's from Detroit, and that all really happened in some aspect. They probably had their Hollywood glamour, you know, their little fiction fiction that they add into there. Um, so we're going to the next story. This is the Pensacola News Journal. And uh, Pensacola, pretty nice spot. I agree. I'll be visiting there very soon, so I'm excited to do this story because it makes me think of sandy beaches and uh, warm weather. Warm weather. Um, yeah, should have a good time. You're going to be heading down to the to the Florida. The Florida. I'm probably bring back some day lilies. There you go. Shoot down to Miami while you're down there. Yeah. Get some cocaine. Make a connection. Now I'm going to get pulled over on the way home. We heard your podcast. Let's search your car. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If we're on the if we're on the map like that, dude, then that's good news. It is. It would be bad that you got busted. I would have to I would help you out there. Well, I'd but. definitely transport that in my uh Yeah, you know. in the keister. Yep. What makes you think they won't find it? I'm like duck walk. We got suspicions. <laughs> Duck walk. <laughs> <laughs> we got suspicions. Take your pants off and duck walk. Duck walk. No, but um, that's got to be a major corridor. Are you taking 75 all the way down? 
Yes. Are you? Because I'm going the different way. I'm kind of going 65. I well, I mean, I can't really, like, my geography is a little off. Mm-hmm. So the way down, we're going to go through the Carolinas and shit. Oh, you're going to go, okay. Yeah. The way back home, we'll go through the mountains and all that, that shit. Okay. But, oh, there's a plan. Good, man. I hope you get some R&R and you come back all refreshed. You go down there, sample the goods in Florida. I mean, I did save my beard so I wouldn't get a tan line. So, boom. That's how I roll. That's how you roll. Well, I expect to see that. I expect to see some fucking, a sun fucking kissed face. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. On that note, Pensacola News Journal. A Jim Allen elementary school teacher was one of four people arrested in a Pensacola drug bust Friday. Um, the, the county sheriff's office served a narcotics warrant at the resident of 7300 block of Mimosa Drive. Once inside, the unit discovered methamphetamine, cocaine, marijuana, assortment of pills, firearms, a pill press, huh. 12 grand in cash. And they also recovered a wall sign that says, Drugs Destroy Dreams. <laughs> at, a least, dr- at least he knew. A drug dealer with a sense of humor, dude. Wow. And he's a teacher? I think so. Susan Maines, John Des- Despacito, and Thomas Meadows, and Brandon Shatterfield were all arrested and charged with possession of narcotics and other drugs related um, he said the school, uh, let me see here. Deposito, Deposito was also charged with trafficking. Maines is an instructor at Jim Allen Elementary. He said that the school district has not taken any action at this time and will like to make a decision regarding the next steps once they receive charging documents outlaying the allegations against Maines. That's respectable. So Susan Maines, she doesn't seem like she's the dealer here. She might be the wife of the, de- you know, a girlfriend or something. But, you know, what do you do in this situation? What do you do in the situation where, obviously, there's a raid and you're in a house with drugs? Maybe you didn't even know they were there. Maybe you did. But you had nothing to do with any of the law-breaking. What do you do? I'm hoping that... uh I don't know what to do, man. I'm hoping that this teacher just, it's already bad enough she has to be involved with this. If she's not really involved with this, then don't print her name in the paper and make a big deal out of it. That's part of the problem with some of this stuff is, you know, they have a warrant for suspicion. They raid your house. They fuck your house up. I'll tell you that right now. There's no respect in drug raids. There's no respect. So if they got it wrong, you're just straight out fucked. I've known people that have got their houses raided before. And it is a fucking mess. It is. It destroys it. I mean, just that part of it. Just that trauma of that happening. I have somebody I know who was... Uh, maybe they were selling cocaine or using it. I don't know. But... He looked out his window and saw that they were raiding the house next door. (laughs) And uh, he was like in his bathrobe or something. So that gave him ample time to get rid of everything because he realized that 
they're raiding the wrong fucking house. And his neighbor was so fucking pissed at him. So they come over to, they, they find out they're raiding the wrong house and they, they go to raid the right house. And by that time, everything was out of the house. It was all flushed away or whatever. But he forgot he had a little small amount in his robe. Ah. Just a little teeny small amount. And when they took him down and booked him, they gave him a drug test. And he never snorted coke. He never did the drug. And he failed. He failed because just dealing with it and touching it, weighing it with your hands, it absorbed into his skin. Right. So so the police, so his neighbor was pissed, obviously, because, you know, raided the house because of him. And then uh, the police, obviously, were not apologetic to the fucking neighbor. They fucked two houses up that night for what what essentially was just a fucking... Like a teener. Like something. a teener. Just a little fucking thing. And what a waste of time and resources, man. I wonder if there was anything... You know, I, I wonder if any of them guys got in trouble by their superiors. Who are they accountable to? Is there a way you can complain or make a, you know, would you sue? Would that be the only thing you could do? That's, pro- that's probably all you could do. I mean, who are you going to complain to the police that did it? No, but you would, I mean, you would have to get an attorney. We should, we should really have a fund. I think it would be good to have a fund that everybody pulled into and if you got into these situations we could hire you an attorney ain't the first time we talked about it or no, i talked about we it. we should stop talking and just do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get a hold of some pro drug attorneys they gotta be out there attorneys that are pro everything pro bono too pro we bono shit. no we ain't gonna pay shit that's even a better idea okay next story Ten countries that ended their war on drugs. So the so if we lived in these countries, we wouldn't even have this podcast right now. No. We'd go opposite and we'd support drug war. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. We would never do I would never do that. I'd probably be really inclined to just like a marijuana show or something. Yeah. Marijuana show would be fun. There's probably a million marijuana shows. Oh, I'm sure. But, okay. So, this one's on inspiremalibu.com. And it's 10 countries that decriminalize drugs. We're going to go down them in just a brief description. And number one is Portugal. It was the first country in the European Union to decriminalize all drugs. And not only seeing a decline in arrests, but illicit, illicit drug use overall. Boom. Boom. Dropping facts on your ass. Ecuador in the 80s and 90s. This country could do little to stop Americans' war on drugs from wreaking havoc in their nation. So they have removed decriminalization. Uh, They have moved to decriminalization in an effort to combat cartel activity. The sale of drugs remains illegal, but Ecuadorians are allowed to possess small amounts of both soft drugs like pot and hard drugs like heroin. This is current legislation is put into place. It's a system for treatment and rehabilitation. I like that one. I like that one. Then you got Uruguay. This nation has done something truly incredible. It formally legalized marijuana. The government sells a gram of cannabis for a dollar. Wow. Oh, shit. Boom. I'm looking for real estate in Uruguay. (laughs) 
which has snatched the carpet from out of the black market dealers. That's on how pot. you do it, right there, dude. Man. There, nobody's growing pot. You can't beat that. Hey, a dollar I'll a gram, eight ball of coke for a dollar. Boom, boom. It goes to the black market. One of Uruguay, Uruguay's reasons for decriminalizing pot was also free resources to help deal with the major drug trafficking. So you know they're dealing with the harder drugs by legalizing the softer drugs and selling it. What a great fucking idea! I like that one. We should combine Ecuador and Uruguay so far. Yeah. We'd be getting somewhere. Put would put meth in that fucking illegal kind of category. And I agree. So number four, Czech Republic. The citizens face a small fine for possession of any drugs for personal consumption. In fact, legally, they're allowed to have up to five marijuana plants and small amounts of cocaine. Perfect. Oh, you're going to check. Check. Start calling you Check Dave. Check Dave. The government is still prosecutes major drug trafficking and distribution, which I think, man, you should treat it more like you finding companies and stuff. Like, take all their stuff. You don't even have to take all their stuff. Just tax them. Right. So you've been doing business illegally. I got to tax that ass. Damn. So the Swiss, uh, number five is Switzerland. The Switzerland. The Swiss government had a harm reduction program in place since the 80s, since the spread of HIV uh, due to needle, needle sharing. Along with needle exchanges, the government provides counseling, housing, and even supervised injection rooms. That's what I'm talking about. Damn. Croatia. This tiny country decriminalized marijuana in 2012 and has liberal policies on harder drugs. Croatians don't get an entirely free ride, though. If they're caught in possession of drugs, they may face fines, fines, rehab, community service, what a great idea, or a combination of all three. However, there is no jail time. That's not bad either. You're fucking badass, Croatia. Shout out to Croatia. Next one, number seven, is Argentina. 2009, the Argentinian Supreme Court unanimously ruled that punishment for personal consumption of drugs should be considered unconstitutional. Fuck! Yes. What kind of constitution do we have? It was written on hemp paper. (laughs) That's true. Argentina's ahead of us, man. Argentina! Say Argentina with their uh, accent. I don't know how they talk. Argentina. (laughs) Everything's Russian now. Argentina. Argentina. Uh, Number eight, the Netherlands. Most people are familiar with Amsterdam as being the pot-smoking tourist destination. Uh, It's legal in this country to possess five grams of marijuana. You can also go to these coffee shops. Um, That's pretty much all you can really get there. I don't know. Maybe there's other drugs there, but it doesn't seem like it. Australia. Technically, drugs are still illegal down under. In 2001, the government opened supervised injection sites. Okay, so if you're injecting and you're an addict, you can go to these supervised injection injection sites where addicts can safely use drugs. And there's medical help on staff if needed. If you need long-term help, too. Decriminalization has not entirely become law as of yet, whatever that's supposed to mean. And then number 10, Mexico. Our neighbors to the south have certainly gotten the brunt of drug smuggling activity and violence from both cartels and American-led war on drugs. In 2009, the government decriminalized drugs, including LSD, cocaine, and heroin. That's perfect. Wow. Wow. Policymakers hope 
legalization will dampen the thriving black market that exists in the country. Well, the fucked up thing about that is most of the drugs in Mexico and going through Mexico are coming here. So Right. Until you thwart that problem, I don't think it helped anything. Well, it helped there in Mexico. Mm. That's pretty... That's pretty interesting, man. I'm glad that we covered that because we cover um, so much of the drug war and so many of these stories, and we don't really know around the world. First of all, we don't really know where shit's at. (laughs) That's true. We don't know how to pronounce a lot of stuff, so thank you for being patient. Um, We're learning. This isn't easy. Some of these, especially these Asian countries and these... We should make this the common core drug war then it'll be all fucking confusing (laughs) (laughs) nobody will know shit about shit common core drug war podcast i like that i like that too man i like that we gotta think of some good names okay so the next story is from drugabuse.com and it's from the american addiction centers uh as well as a resource from there these are the 20 countries with the harshest drug laws in the world. And we're not going to go through all 20 because we just went through a list of 10 and we know how that is. So we're just going to go and pick out some of these tough ones like Malaysia. Those who sell drugs can be punished to, to death. If you have drugs in your possession, you can be fined, jailed or deported. Holy fuck. Driving drunk is also punished harshly, harshly in Malaysia. That's one thing that I wouldn't tolerate is driving drunk, dude. No. Because right now I think it's kind of a racket. I think that if you get caught, you got this much alcohol in your system, you're impaired, you pay a hefty fine, you go on probation, you pay all this shit to the state. Um, Then number two, it's a heftier fine. And it's even more shit. Then number three, it's a bigger fine. Or, you know, if you get a super drunk, it's a bigger fine or whatever. I think they created this incentive system to get the system paid. And instead, if you're really serious about it, if you're really, really, really serious about it, you should say, if you get caught driving drunk and you're over this limit, you lose your fucking license. You're done. You're done. That's it. We'll take the car. Do you think that's too harsh? No, because you shouldn't be out there drinking. You shouldn't be on the road like that. No, because you can harm other people. Right. That's where... And that's st- how it always happens, too. The the drunk always lives, and the family they hit in the car, they're the ones that die. Yeah, so. yeah, that happens a lot of the time. I mean... Yeah. I was part of a, um, an al- accident where alcohol was involved, and the person that was driving was drunk. Um, they hit a motorcycle while I was in the car. Pretty fucking traumatic, man. I was almost part of one. I was supposed to be in the car. Uh, some of my friends were going to a party. They got fucked up. So they got in a car accident. The girl, she got decapitated at the head. Wow. The uh, the guy lost his leg. He's been fucked up. He's been messed up in the head since then. Obviously. I mean, yeah, of course. Of course, man. And uh, the other two people, they, they didn't get hurt that bad. But it was just... Like, that girl, man, just got her head cut off because they were drunk. They were drunk. She was 17. Man, we got we to gotta do a better job at making sure people don't make that mistake. China. 
if you're caught with drugs, you could be forced to attend a drug heat rehab. And they do execute for the penalty of some drug crimes. Vietnam, a lot of these are, a lot of, I'm going to skip over all the Asian countries because they're all the same. Iran is not known for being tolerant and criminal offenses in general, but drug offenses are no different. The use of opium is a particular problem in Iran, in part because it's produced by neighboring Afghanistan. If you're caught with drugs in Iran, the best case scenario is a large fine, and the worst case scenario is the death penalty. So it probably depends who you are. If you right. got money, they're going to find you. If you're poor, they're going to kill you, as it is around the world. Thailand, Dubai. Dubai is known to be very intolerant of drug abuse. Many prescription drugs that are legal in other parts of the world can put you in jail in Dubai. Wow. Drug offenders get sentenced to four years in prison, and you can be deported too. Damn. Failing a drug test can be grounds for incarceration. Even if you're not in the possession of the drugs. <laughs> Damn, Dubai. You guys ain't fucking around. What about Saudi Arabia? The sale of drugs in Saudi Arabia almost always results in the death penalty. Shit. You can't use alcohol there either. Yeah, you get public flogging. Public flogging. So you get whipped, fined. And lengthy imprisonment or death, so you can't have alcohol. <laughs> you ain't having no fun in fucking no. Saudi Arabia. We're not gonna go to Saudi Arabia. Never. No. And no wonder why like the Saudi princes have so many like women and shit around right. them. What else Flogging you gonna each do? Other and shit. What else are you gonna do there? You can't have no fun, no alcohol, no nothing. I wonder if you can smoke cigarettes there. I wonder if you can drink coffee. Probably. I'm saying no. I'm saying they ain't gonna allow nothing. Why would they allow anything? You already got fucking two-thirds of the fun shit fucking illegal. That's true. To the death penalty. Man, that's crazy. Singapore, we already knew about Singapore. Um, You can get sentenced to death there. Cambodia, Indonesia, Laos, North Korea, Turkey. Wow, long prison sentences if you uh, get caught with drug possession in Turkey. Costa Rica. I did not ever think Costa Rica would be tough. It's a South American country. Possession of drugs in Costa Rica can land you in jail for a lengthy stay. See, Colombia is on here, but I thought cocaine was legal in Colombia. No. I thought it's legal in Colombia and Peru. Uh-uh. Maybe to grow it? That wouldn't make any sense. Well, just like you can grow opium plants here. No, you can't. Yeah, but until you cut them, slit them, that's when they become illegal. Is this a fact? 100% fact. You can buy the seeds right online. The seeds and everything are legal. You can have a garden of them. As soon as you start slitting them to get that milk shit out, that's when... That's when you're breaking the law. That kind of seems ridiculous. It does. So I got. Let's look this up real quick. Um, Colombia. This has got me perplexed here. Is cocaine legal in Colombia? 
because I have to know this now. Let's find it. Okay, well. Hey, Google. Columbia. Wow. Check this out. You can cultivate it. It's legal. You can transport it. It's legal. Since 1994, possession of one gram of cocaine has been legal for personal use in Colombia. Sale remains illegal, but personal production or gifts of cocaine are permitted. So you can grow it? You can give it away, and you can transport it, but you can't sell it. You can't sell it in Colombia, but where do you think you can sell it? I wonder if you can take donations for it. No, you can just gift it. You can only gift it. Well, that's fine. If I'm the one receiving the gift, I'm good. That kind of pisses me off, man, because they're really smuggling here and selling it, and somebody's just giving it to them. Right. That's bullshit. That's a bunch of bullshit. Mexico, you can have up to a half a gram. Bolivia, you can grow it all day. Peru, you can grow it all day. Coca plants are are legal in Peru. So there's like three countries you can move to right now and start growing cocaine if you wanted to, or coca plants. And the United States are saying the coca plants are, well, cocaine is legally, is medically legal. Did you know that hospitals use cocaine sometimes as, as a medicine? Yeah. In Canada, too. And Australia. Cocaine is a Schedule 8 drug permitted in some medical use, but is otherwise outlawed. So in Australia, cocaine is a Schedule 8 drug. And here it's like a Schedule 2. We went over the schedule not too long ago. That's crazy. Well, hey, I hope you feel better about living here in America. And if you're listening from another country... That's fine too, you know. If you're listening from where's Colombia, Colombia, you can donate us. You can donate. You You can transport it for free. You just can't sell it. So don't try to sell it. You'd be breaking the law there. But as far as you know, as far as we're concerned here, you know, we really just got to start looking from a different perspective. We're fortunate enough to be born on this patch of soil in this part of the world where we have so many things that other countries don't. We have the most robust economy um, in the world. We have a lot of good things going. We have freedom of speech. We can have these kinds of shows. We can have these kinds of discussions. And uh, we just got to start really changing the discussion over from drug abusers are not scourges of society, but maybe just uh, broken people sometimes that need a little help. Instead of prison, let's help them. Instead of prison. Because prison is fucking horrible, man. To lock anybody up is for things that are nonviolent is just a horrible it's idea. It's horrible for the, the prisoner. It's horrible for the taxpayers. It's just, I mean, all the way around, man. Well, I hope we got our point across. I hope so. If not, there's always next week. Always next week. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay tuned for some information to get yourself some pottles. Get yourself some pottles. 
follow on Twitter. 